Hello? Hey there. Here we are. I'm back. Maybe you don't know it, but I officially lost my voice over the last two weeks. And as someone who does enjoy talking, it was not fun. Oh my gosh, it feels so good to be talking right now, having a conversation with you, being with you, and being well enough to do so. I think, okay, so here's the backstory. I think it started from a post-nasal drip. So I have really bad seasonal allergies and we live in Miami and it's spring and pretty much stuff has been blooming since February. And every day I struggle with the pollen thing. So yes, if you're wondering, I have had immunotherapy, allergy shots and all the things (laughs) ever since I was a child. But it just doesn't, I don't know, it hasn't fixed the problem. I'm still hopeful though. Um, And of course, you can always take a Zyrtec or whatever else, but that isn't always fun. Um, Anyways, so the post-nasal drip got to me and I think that's how I lost my voice. And and then it went into my chest and then I've been coughing. So yeah, now I'm here. Oh my gosh, it's 6 a.m., the house is so quiet. There are, okay, so I'm recording in an extra bedroom of ours right now and it's upstairs and it has this giant balcony and there is this tree. I'm like turning my head to look at it. It's in the corner and these birds built a nest there and it's a really cool nest because this tree is like super protective it's a good spot and it's a balcony. So, I mean, yeah, there's raccoons and cats and everything, but not as many as if you build it just in a random tree, not on a balcony. So it's kind of cool. And these baby birds are in the state. Oh, what's that state called? Fledging or something like that, where they have feathers. They're good to go. Like they're, they're good to try to leave the nest, but they're just tiny. They're like tiny birds, but they have full feathers. So one of them jumped out of the nest yesterday and I've just been really enjoying watching it walk around the balcony. And the mother is so protective. She's there like all the time and like total boss vibes. Like this mom is a boss And she's just making sure that baby is not swept away by some kind of eagle or vulture or raccoon or who knows what. And it's just been cool for me to watch because it's brought up the thought in my mind, it's like a mirror, right? Um, As a mom myself of three kids, like how much work it actually does take to raise children and just make sure they survive. (laughs) Not even talking about like mental thriving, but like actually like physically survive and not get eaten by whatever it is out there that eats humans. Uh, Guys, that's a joke. I I know. uh, Yeah, I know. Okay, let's move on. Um, So I was just thinking like, how cool is that? I don't know, just just to see it in action because I know I do it every single day and it exhausts me to like pretty much empty and then I need to sleep and refuel. 
And sometimes I wake up feeling full and sometimes I wake up feeling empty still. Um, It's a lot of stress. Being a mom is a lot of stress. And for somebody like me who has like slight type A tendencies and is controlling and just wants things to be done right, like from a good place, not like a crazy control freak place, but like I just want things to be done right. Um, You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do that even though no one's putting the pressure on me, it's kind of like I am my own bar or standard. And I set the standard extremely high because I just know what I'm capable of. But at the same time, it is exhausting when you naturally set really high standards for yourself. And that translates in so many areas of life so many areas of life. I'm sure if you're someone that enjoys listening to this podcast, you identify with this and you're like, yes, Mallory, I agree. So that's what I kind of want to talk about today. Um, This morning, well, let me tell you what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about getting fired from my job. And you're like, what does, what does that mean? What does that have to do with, with the mother bird? And I'm going there. I'm going there. Trust me. Hold my hand. All right. So before I became an entrepreneur and like even during, because I was still working as I was growing my business, it's not like I just quit my job and was like, I'm starting a business. Like some people do. I couldn't do that. Um, it just wasn't possible. My husband was in school. I was the only income earner in the household, um, all the way through having two children and number three came later. Yeah. Like I I had to work, (laughs) like there wasn't really a choice and there was no one that would do it for me. And I don't come from a rich family. So there was nobody giving me money. All right. Let's just like put that out there. And I didn't know anyone that could support me or give me money. Like nobody. I didn't grow up like that. So this is really a self-made story over here. Um, Where am I going with this? Oh yeah. So I got fired. There we go. I have ADHD. So let's talk about this. So I did management consulting. I have my MBA. Worked in corporate for quite a while. My undergrad degree is in neuroscience. And then I have another undergrad degree in history of art and architecture because neuroscience wasn't enough. I was really passionate about history and art and architecture, but in my head, I knew that I could never get paid what I wanted to get paid. So I didn't take that seriously, but I really enjoyed it. So I did two degrees consecutively, not consecutively. Well, no, it was at the, it was at the same time. And yeah, I, when did I graduate? 36, 2008. Okay. I started college in 2004, graduated in 2008 with both degrees. So I don't know how many credits that was, but that was a lot of credits. That was a little while ago now. Um, and then my minor was in chemistry. Yeah. I was fully prepped to go to med school. So, but I didn't. And that's another story for another day that I will tell on this podcast, but I've been, I, I had some people asking me to talk about like the story of getting fired. So I'm going to, but this like actually fits into everything around my life right now, which is ironic, but that's the universe telling me to talk about it today. So I'm going to, I don't like to talk about it. It brings up a lot of like trauma. It stirs a lot of sadness and emotions. Um, 
that's why my brain is kind of like freaking out right now because it's just something I don't really like to talk about because the emotions it stirs up. But at the same time, I trust myself that I can handle talking about it and still move about my day without um, having my functionality impacted. Oh, that sounds so weird. So this morning, I read an article that Goldman Sachs had implemented a new policy giving its senior staff members, partners, and I don't know, something else, um, unlimited PTO. And that was a trend for a while until it wasn't. And I was reading the article because it stirred up some emotion in me. And I don't know, I, I just couldn't stop reading because it was starting to get into like corporate culture. And that's where I still have a lot of trauma that sits inside of me. And I mean, it's why I had to get out and why it wasn't going to work for me. It just couldn't give me what my soul needed. Um, and, and of course, like the impact factor and stuff like that too. But like just personally, like my personal bucket it couldn't give me what I needed. It was like a bad relationship that like very few escape. Let's just put it that way. It's an abusive relationship. Working with corporate is basically like being in an abusive relationship. Um, and if you're in an abusive relationship, I'm not meaning to like downplay that at, at all whatsoever. And I pray that you find the resources and the strength to move out of it and get what you need. But I just want to use it like as a little bit of an example of what it may feel like, I have never been in one, but I just can imagine that it may feel like 1% even of what it felt like in corporate. It just felt like someone else had control over me. And that was my immediate boss. That There were so many bosses above the all like the senior level executives, the VPs, the C-suite, all that stuff. Um, I didn't feel like my life was my life. I was basically performing to please others. It was kind of like um, being being on stage in a circus, the circus being corporate America, and having to perform every single time. And if you make a mistake while on stage, it's it's like an X. <laughs> And after three X's, there's this thing that's turned into HR and you get fired. So if you're imperfect, let's close this loop here. If you're imperfect, you get fired. That's what that is. That's corporate America. Um, so I was reading this article that Goldman Sachs has now implemented unlimited PTO for its senior level employees. What this means is they get to take off an unlimited amount of days per year. Oh my God, doesn't that sound so exciting? Oh, I can take as many vacations as I want. Yeah, on the surface level, it's exciting. But let's talk about what that really is. So there's this culture in the workplace that if you take time off, it's a weakness. You're not seen as a team player. Like if you take a week and you go to, I don't know, Napa, let's just say, no one's going to give you the stink eye, right? You're okay. 
you went to Napa for a week, you enjoyed your, your vineyards, you come back and you grind it out. You answer 2,000 emails. You know, it's, it's okay. And the person covering you will fill you in on all the things you must do, basically. You're okay. You're okay. You went to Napa for a week. It's all good. You got the photos. You enjoyed it. Whatever. Now, <clears throat> say you want to go to the Bahamas a month later because you need it. You're exhausted. You're burnt out. You're overworked. And you went to Napa and that was fun, but you're really just craving some beach time. You really just need to get the toes in the sand. So you want to go to the Bahamas. So you go to your manager and you say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, I really would like another vacation because I'm burnt out. I want to go to the Bahamas. I think it would be good for me. First of all, you must justify why you need a vacation, like culturally, like with human communication and corporate. You don't get to just be like, hey, I'm going to the Bahamas. doesn't work that way. Should they demand to know why? I don't know. Can they even legally do it? I don't know, but they do, <laughs> right? It's not going to be on a piece of paper that's documented. They're just going to ask you um, in, in chat or well, in, in these days, I guess, in chat. But like when I was in corporate, it was in person and they would just walk over to your desk and be like, hey, Mallory, come over to my office when you get a chance. Oh my God. When they would say that to me, <gasps> my heart would just like drop into my stomach. It almost like a roller coaster. And I would immediately feel like puking. It's like the feeling is I've done something wrong. Oh my God, are they going to fire me? I lived with that every single day. Every single day. And I was working for Fortune 10 companies, not companies in the Fortune 500, although a Fortune whatever, 10 company is within the 500, but like at level 10 and below. Let's just put it that way. I wasn't working for company number 454. I was working for company like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, right? This is the culture. So the boss will then say, after you go to the office, they close the door. You know, didn't you just take that trip to Napa? And then they wait for you. Uh, yeah, I took the trip to Napa, yeah. Well, don't you think it's a little too soon to be taking another trip? That is what would come next, I promise you. <laughs> And then you have to, like, you can't just be like, no, I'm going to the Bahamas. Like, you could, but you're going to get a strike. You're going to get a strike inside of that person's head. If it, it doesn't matter if they put it on paper or not or in the system. Like, it, it's in the boss's head. And you have to understand, if you strike too many times in the boss's head, they figure out how to get you fired or like demoralize you in some way so you quit. So pretty soon, if you have this unlimited PTO policy, what happens culturally is 
you begin to be looked down upon when you start taking your vacations. There's this like unsaid acceptance level is the best way I could describe it, where like culturally you taking X amount of time off is seen as okay. And I pretty much think it's like one week a year for sure. Like one week a year, no one's going to judge you. Two weeks a year, you're going to start, you're going to start getting some comments. (laughs) I wish I could take off like that. Did you hear she's going on another vacation? Oh my God, I heard too. That stuff starts to happen. I would say with the second week. (sighs) And then there's like the singular day things where you take off for a whole day. You can get away with a couple of those. Like if you scatter them, especially, um, you're still going to have to tell your boss why, even though they're, I don't even know if they're legally allowed to ask, but you're going to get asked why, um, how many of those you, I would say like one every two months, I feel like you could get away with and not get. Like that, that's like the absolute threshold though. Like do it more frequently. You're getting the stink eye in the gossip. I think once every two months, like do not, do not go beyond that. Do not, do not trauma speaking here. Um, do not go beyond that. And I'm someone that loves to travel internationally. Do you know how hard it was for me to work with corporate? You know, immediately after I got my first job, at like, I don't know what they were at the time, maybe a fortune four F-O-U-R company, something to that tune. I got the job. It was like March before college graduation. So I had a very secure job before graduating college, which I know is like unheard of these days, but this was 2008 in the spring and the entire world didn't collapse until summer. You know, luck, luck had me. So I got the job. They gave me more money than like uh, I even knew what to do with. I mean, it was more than enough for just me as a 22-year-old, um, which is not six figures, <laughs> by the way. I don't know if that's what they pay these days. But I just felt so fortunate. And as soon as I graduated college, I went and I took a trip to Spain. Um, I had a couple friends that were over there, like here and there that I met up with, but it was pretty much like, it was like a solo trip where I met up with friends that were already there. Um, I took a couple of those when I was like 20, 21, 22. Yeah. Crazy. Because I wanted to travel and no one else wanted to travel like me. Um, so I did. And I used my student loan money to travel because I didn't have any money because I was in college and I didn't work because I was doing a degree in neuroscience and history of art and architecture with a minor in chemistry. And I literally just didn't have time to work because I also needed a social life too. Um, where am I going with this? So yeah, anyways, so I started working at the age of 22 inside of this corporate environment. Like I was just basically like plucked and dropped into it. And I, 
just had to learn. Like I had to do the things and then just learn, oh, hey, people attack me (laughs) because I do these things. I guess I won't do these things anymore. And part of that was getting attacked, not physically, but getting attacked like culturally for taking vacation time. So I was very sad about this. And with all these jobs, uh, they pretty much would start me at like, I think it was 17 paid vacation days a year, which is okay if you're 22. I mean, you'll get one trip into Europe, but that's it. But they don't even like when you go away for that long. Like if you take two weeks off in a row, they like the manager like freaks out on you because there's no one to cover you in the meetings and all the work. And it's a problem. So that's another strike inside the manager's head against you. So imagine if your company put unlimited PTO into place. Like it sounds great at the surface level, but actually if you take more than that week off anyways, you're still going to get the stink eye and the gossip and the strikes against you inside the manager's head. That is just how it happens, whether we want to admit it or not. I'm calling it. If you work in an environment that doesn't do that, like, good for you. I'm very jealous because I never found that within these giant fortune whatever companies. I can only speak from the norm of my experiences. So I was reading this article and I was like, oh my God. And then it further went on to say, well, people don't take their vacation anyways, especially in America, because of this cultural phenomenon that we're talking about right now, because of the pressure and the judgment. That's why we don't take vacation. If you're not in corporate and you're curious, like that's why vacation doesn't happen because the pressure and the judgment. And like you can say, like a, a company can build a culture where it's like, yay, everyone needs time off. Yay. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. They're still judging you. They're still judging you. Said from experience. So, yeah, unlimited PTO. How's that going to work out? Because in my heart of hearts, if if you gave me unlimited PTO, I would I would take off probably one I would say a week a month, but actually I would need more to like do a good trip or something. Um, 10 days a month feels good to me, literally. Like I just pulled that from my soul right now. 10 days a month. 10 days a month consecutively feels very good to me. That's what I would want to take off, would want to. Note, I'm saying that's what I would want to take off. And the hilarious thing, all the hilarious thing, I would get all of my work done no matter what. Like I'd be super efficient in the days that I didn't take off and it would actually be not a problem. Like I'm just telling you, and this is hypothetical because I run a eight figure business now. I don't, I don't work for corporate. Um, but I can tell you, I would get every single thing done. Like there would be no issue and I could still have my 10 days off a month, but that's me. And I know how to work and I know how to be efficient and I know how to get things done And I don't mind a little bit of elbow grease or whatever it takes to get something done and then it's done. Where like my coworkers, on the other hand, 
they would drag out a task. Like it could be something that I could get done in 10 minutes. And for them, it takes them the entire day. Did you guys, do you guys work with people like this? <laughs> like the entire day. This is how I built my business from like working from my desk. I would get all my work done. Gosh, like every single thing I had to do for the day by 10 o'clock. And I would probably get there at like 8.30, which I also got the stink eye for because I was arriving way too late. But I did have to take my daughter to daycare because I needed somewhere for my daughter to go. And it was like an hour drive for me with traffic um, at the time. I was living in Chicago and eh, Chicago traffic is not fun. Um, So yeah, like I would probably leave the house like 7.15ish, I'd say, and then do the things and I would get to the desk by 8.30 and culturally that was extremely unacceptable because everyone else got there at like 7 o'clock and nobody else had kids or they were a man and then their wife took care of the kids. Um, yeah, got some trauma built up around there too. I feel it. <laughs> I told you guys, this is a rough one for me. Like This is a very rough one. I do not talk about this very often. Um, so yeah, back to unlimited PTO and getting fired. So as you can see, if someone gives you unlimited PTO inside of corporate culture in most companies, great. Again, if you work for a company that isn't like this, um, but I think they are very far and few. And even if they, oh, whew, I'm going to tell you something. Even if they tell you they want you to take PTO and they like give you the clap and they're like, yay, we're good leadership. We believe in this and we believe in that. Even if they do that, secretly, they're still judging you. You just drank the Kool-Aid. They're still judging you. Like anyone that makes it anywhere in corporate knows that you have to be there for your boss and senior management and even the team because the team will have some input on you and your work characteristics. Like you have to like show up in order to like prove yourself. And then when there's an opportunity for promotion, you've done so many things that have helped your boss or senior management or your team Everyone loves you and wants you in that promoted spot, except you could do all that, though. There's a caveat, except for when your boss also wants the spot or like you could eventually pass up your boss. Then your boss will shove you into a box, like put you in the box and close the lid. Like, Get the lids closed. Get the lids closed. Get the tape on it. <laughs> get the super, super tape on it. Just make sure she can never come out of the box. So what will happen is if your competition to people inside of your organization, you'll often find that they keep you small because you're a threat to what they want. You might make them work harder. You might like you might bring new initiatives that make them look bad because they're not within their skill set or like it makes them do extra work or they may be worried that you'll take their job one day or they may be wor worried that like you'll kind of like sidestep into like a, 
like a side role or something. And then the next role above that, like maybe you go get that big VP job and then they don't because you sidestepped and you went into this like side role that wasn't exactly under them. And that's how then you were able to get into VP because if you just tried to move from your current role into their role and whatever else, that would take forever. It's a game. And in order to survive in environments like that, you must understand and accept that it is a game no matter what. They'll tell you it's not because they're paying consultants to come in and pump like cheery rah-rah leadership in into the teams. But that's fake, very fake. And you have to understand that because if you believe it, then you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> but like if you actually understand that, you can now play the game. It's like a game of chess, if I could best describe it. It's, it's extremely strategic and you have to understand that. And I understand that and anyone that makes it in corporate understands that, even though they could be in complete denial. So when I got fired, I knew what I was doing. Don't be fooled. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. And I knew I was pushing the buttons, but I just didn't care. I think it was just to the point where I was so done with it and I was just going to push the buttons as long as I could. So let's get into that. Now that we know the culture around, well, I didn't have unlimited time off. That was like way before or way after my time in corporate. I did not have that. I had like 17 days or something, which basically all went to my daughter because she was like one and was sick constantly and she was in daycare. So she had all the kitty kitty diseases as I call them. So I like had no time left for myself. It was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um, but let's talk about getting fired. So I needed to take my daughter to school. Um, they started at seven 30 and, and what happened I was in a new job, new company, new job, new role, all the things, six-figure job. And the manager was a woman, which also gives me like trauma around other women that I've been working really hard to heal. She did not pull me to the top with her. She put me in the box and like sealed it with steel, basically. I needed to take my daughter to school at 7.30. That's when her school started. And I like had to drive, get out, get out of the car, walk her into the school, all the things. So it was like a little bit of a process. So I would usually be done by like 7.40, 7.45 by the time I got into the car and like just so much traffic, all the things. And then I, I could do whatever. If I needed to dial into a meeting, I could from my phone, but I wouldn't be at my desk because I still had to drive back to my house. Um, this was like a, a remote job that would eh, very occasionally require travel, but it was mostly remote um, as, as like a, a lot of consulting is, I would say like only when there's like a special project or something going on, do you really go on site? And this is way pre-COVID, by the way. Um, but it was more like when we're actively in a project and there's like a go live or something happening that we would have to go on site. 
Uh, sometimes they would want you on site all the time. But like in this particular job, I took it because I didn't have to do that. Where in previous jobs, I needed to be on site like every single day because of the types of projects we were working on. Um, So hundreds of millions of dollars, like those types of projects. <sighs> all right. So yeah, I had to take my daughter to school at 730. And my boss, a woman... She had a stay-at-home husband that did everything for her, and that's kind of like the rose-colored glasses she lived under, like, because her husband stays at home and does everything. Literally, he's a stay-at-home husband. Like, he has accepted the role of, like, taking care of the children while she's at work, not that he just doesn't work. Like, he's actually accepted the role of being like with the kids all day, every day kind of thing. So she kind of saw everything as that. So even if I'm an, a woman that has children that has to do all these things, like somebody should be helping me with them or doing them for me. And while I would argue a six-figure salary is great, like it's actually not enough money to like hire a nanny to come do all that. You still have to pay all your bills and your lifestyle tends to match your salary, right? And I still had $150,000 of student loans from going through undergrad through my MBA. It's not like I was Mrs. Moneybags sitting around. Like it, it just didn't work that way. I didn't have a bunch of surplus money to just hire a nanny to take my daughter to school every day. I had to. Um, and she wanted, she, she, she got in this like kick where she wanted to have 7.30 a.m. meetings every single day, every single day. And all the team had to be present. It was like an all team meeting at 7.30 a.m. And of course I had to tell her, like, I didn't want to because I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <clears throat> but I had to tell her because I literally had to drop my daughter off at school at that time. So I said, hey, my daughter's school starts at 7.30. I really need to be like taking her into school at 7.30 so I can jump on your call even when I'm in the car afterwards. But between like 7.30 and 7.40, like I cannot be on that call. I'm dropping her off. And she did not like that. She told me that I should have someone else taking care of my daughter. So then that way I could attend the required team call at 7.30 a.m. And I, this is the point where I knew what was going to happen. I just continued to say, I can't do that because my daughter's school starts at 7.30. There's nothing I can do to change that. So that was my answer. And I did not waver on my answer. So after about two weeks of her telling me it is required that you have to be at this team meeting at 7.30 a.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. What started to happen in the background that I did not know about, I, this is only in hindsight, like after I got fired, I, fi I figured out what happened. What she started doing is she was going to all the clients that I was individually working with as a consultant, we tend to work with like many clients at one time, but we could be staff with just one client. It just depends. 
in this instance, there were many clients and she went to the clients and asked them if they are 100% satisfied with me. Is there anything that Mallory could be doing better? When you frame it like that, remember, corporate codes your brain like a bot, right? If you frame it like that, it's, it's, it sounds like it's constructive feedback, which is praised in corporate. We can see it on our annual reviews. So when you ask someone a question like that, of course they're going to tell you like their optimal, best in the world scenario because it's constructive feedback, right? This is good. We're going to help that team grow. So of course they found some little like nitpicky thing. I wish we had more direction in this particular this particular example. Okay, fine, whatever. Like that's not a negative thing. Anyone can say that about anything. Just ask me if you want more direction and I'll help you, right? But because it was framed with constructive feedback, she was able to get that information and create an instance with HR where it was documented that the client is having problems with me, that I'm not satisfying the client, right? How conniving. She did this three times with three different clients, got feedback, framed feedback. The client, of course, would give it because in their head, they think, oh, it's just constructive feedback. She's not searching or digging for anything to get Mallory fired. She's just asking for constructive feedback. Maybe it's review time. Oh, no. This is like absolutely conniving. Like she's taking the corporate playbook and she's like basically saying I'm the commander. So, and, and like that kind of behavior so does not align with my soul. Like, let's put a side note here. Like, I can play the game, but at some point when playing the game destroys your inner integrity, like, it has to be stopped. And this is, like, the point I was running into. Like, here, like, think of it as, like, energetically, like, if you could see my fists right now, like, two fists bumping against each other is what this was like energetically for me. Like I knew I could play the game and I knew how to play it and I would just figure out how to get my daughter to school in some way that I didn't have to take her or I would possibly have to like switch schools, which would probably have been the answer to switch to a school that had early care that I could then take her to at like 7 a.m., let's just say, because this school didn't offer early care. If I found a school that had early care, then I could I could take care of it. So if if I wanted to play, I think that's what I would have had to have done. Take my daughter to a new school. But I just was like so over this nonsense energetically that I didn't bend. I just didn't bend. And I just kept kept up with the I have to take her to school at 730. I I'm not able to financially hire a nanny. Um, and, and that's it. And that's what led to her finding 
in creating the three strikes, which then she went document and documented with HR, which then she requested I be fired and all the paperwork went through. So like I had a meeting, it took probably about a month. HR scheduled a meeting with me and fired me on the spot because I'm having issues providing service to clients. The world comes crashing down. I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. Oh, and by the way, this entire time, I've never had stomach ulcers, but like I got the worst stomach ulcers ever. Like my stomach was dying. It, it was like eating itself alive. And I had never had a stomach ulcer before her. Never, not one time ever. So like internally, my body was eating itself. And I think that's why I refused to make the next appropriate chest move if I were playing to win. I, I Something inside of me was just like dead literally like ashes if i could best describe it like something that is an ash is not coming back it, it yeah i guess we can all say like ashes phoenix rising all the things but like there was no seed there was nothing else like there was no way for anything else to grow literally like just reduced to ashes and just imagine the ashes being in a sterile environment where there's like absolutely nothing else to grow that's where I was energetically, thanks to this woman. She made me feel horrible about myself. She made me feel horrible about being a mom. <clears throat> she made me feel like I'm not worthy of making the amount of income or getting the type of position that I want to get. If I stayed in corporate, I would want to be the CEO because I have to, because I'm capable of it. And that's just how my brain works. I have to become the best version of me. And if you're putting me in a chess game about corporate, the best version is a CEO, right? Like then you're at the top. Um, but that's not healthy in other ways that we'll talk about on a later podcast. So I would have wanted to become CEO, but I just had this like integrity issue. Like I just couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't being fulfilled. This game was stupid and it was hurting people and I didn't like it and it was hurting me. And I knew it like even with people on my team that had to report to me and give me stuff, I knew it was hurtful for them too. Like I just knew it and none of it felt good. And I saw right through all these dang leadership trainings that the companies would pay for. Fortune 10s pay for a ton of leadership trainings. And like the people get in there, they're all rah, 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 team, yay, yay. And it's like, it, it's just Kool-Aid. It's literally just Kool-Aid. And like there are people in corporate that don't know it's Kool-Aid like, it's like ignorance is bliss is the best I can describe for you. Ignorance is bliss. Some people just don't know what is going on. They don't know they're drinking the Kool-Aid. They just think it's amazing and they work for the best company ever. But then there's people that do know what's going on, that they, they just know too much. Like, you can't unknow some things. 
And that's the torturous place to be. And that's where I was. Like I was smart. I could see what was going on. And I couldn't unsee or unexperience what I had experienced over the years in multiple companies, not just one. It's a culture thing. It's a hidden culture thing. I'm going to put, I'm going to add that right there. It's a hidden culture thing because on the surface level, it's yay, yay, rah, rah, leadership. But under that surface, it is absolutely not. And everybody knows it. It's a chess game. So yeah, I got fired. Um, Never been fired in my life. I am the type A straight A student type that doesn't do anything wrong and always wants people to like her and always wants the approval of others. Going through that was probably one of the absolute hardest things I'd ever experienced um, to my soul. And also knowing that like I really didn't do anything to deserve it and I could actually see what was happening. But because of that, I had to suddenly work really, really hard at growing my business, which I was like often like dabbling in like I'd get a client and then the business would be like hanging on a string. I'd get a client and then the business would be hanging on a string again. It forced me to take radical responsibility on what I wanted to create in my business. Otherwise, I would have to go get another job like that. And they're all like that. You have one, they're all the same thing. Like it is what it is. And I knew I didn't need to go get that job. I knew, I knew, I knew. I trusted myself that I could make my business work really well. And that's what I did. Let's minus that alarm. That should have been off. Hold on. My alarm is going off. Oh, here we go. 7.15 a.m. That's like my wake-up time where like if I'm I'm always up. <laughs> I never sleep to that alarm. Um, but I knew that I could make it on my own. I was just ready, scared to death, scared to death like shaking, sweating, not sleeping at night, scared. But I did know that if for whatever reason I couldn't make my business work, then I could go get another job and that would actually be okay. Like I had peace in that. And I will talk about this extensively in another episode, like how I found peace around doing something that I wouldn't normally have done or could be considered risky or whatever. But my piece was that if I tried it and it didn't work, I would still be okay. And that was the absolute truth. I would still be okay. I could always go get another job. Like, would I be upset and not want to work? But yeah, like suck it up, buttercup. Like you're going to be fine. You can go to work. You can make money and you can keep figuring out your business. <laughs> like, like I had to have a real talk with myself because sometimes I think we get in these loops where like, we're like, oh my God, I cannot go back to corporate. Like, no, my life will be over. Like, no, it actually won't be. You'll be able to go back, make money and still grow your business. Like it's actually okay. And that's the talk I had to have with myself. Um, 
but we'll get into that more in a future episode. So anyways, I got fired. They sent me all the documentation, like even that Cobra health insurance stuff, which was like $2,500 a month or something ridiculous if I wanted to get my family health insurance with that. Um, like the big packets came in the mail and everything. And then I was like, okay, never been fired before because I don't do anything wrong because I'm a good girl. Uh, now what? And that is when I made some decisions in my business about exactly where I was going, who I was working with, and I stopped being fluffy and I stopped being all over the place. I dialed in my marketing and all the things and hit go. Got some help. hired some mentors. Like I just did it. I just did it. And that's my story of getting fired. So it's just one of those things. And I've had this theme and I'll talk about more examples in the future. It's like where you have this thing that you're hanging on to and it serves you well in some way. And in this way, I could work from home when not everybody was working from home because this was way pre-COVID. Everybody wanted you on site if they could. So I could work from home. I made six figures, but I still wasn't free. Like freedom is so important to me. I literally could not take care of my own personal needs of taking my daughter to school. That's what it was going to come down to. And that's ridiculous. Freedom is so important. Like you can have the money, but if you're not free, then what's the point? You, you can't even feel good in your own life. And that was a big lesson for me to learn. And it was, it was a nice push for me to make it work. But I had to stop dilly-dallying. I literally just needed to like buckle down and do the things that re were required to absolutely make it happen. And it was just a different type of energy that I had to get into. And another thing, those stomach ulcers, they went away, literally. Like the month after all that settled, they were gone. They were just gone. And they've only come back a few times since then. I want to say like three total and there are times where I have felt a lot of internal turmoil in my life, like the things that are going on inside my head. You wouldn't see it from the outside, like those types of things. And that's when they've come back. But I never had it. I never had a single stomach ulcer before that woman. But how I look at it is I had to go through that. I had to. So I could come out and tell the story to you, but also if I hadn't gone through that, I probably would have just stayed in there longer because I was getting paid really well. Like I, I was getting income, which is great, but I wasn't getting the total freedom. So like some needs were being fulfilled pretty well, right? It was definitely off balance. Um. And it was predictable. I didn't have to figure out how to find clients or anything like that. It was just, it just showed up in my bank account every two weeks. And I, 
I didn't understand health insurance and how I could get health insurance without having a job. And I had to like figure all that out, which was actually extremely easy. But like in my head, I had this (laughs) big block around it. So silly when I look back at it. Oh my gosh. It's just one of those things that had to happen. Mallory Tadimi had to get fired because that is literally the only thing that would get her moving. Literally. <laughs> like literally. Uh, it, it was that bad. So if you've go- gone all in on whatever you're trying to create in your life, business, health, I, I don't know, whatever, and you don't have to get fired, like you're, you're doing better than me. <laughs> you're doing better than me. Oh my God. Yeah, that story sucks. But does it suck? You know, like, I guess like my mind often goes back to like the feeling at the time, like, cause it just hurts so bad. But I know like intelligently, I know it doesn't actually suck because look at what I've gone on and created and like the impact I've been able to create. If I would have stayed in corporate, I would have had income, but I wouldn't have had as much income as I do now. I would not have freedom like at all. Like you can say working from home is freedom, but not really, especially when you have meetings all day or they're like trying to watch you on messenger and see how long you've stepped away from your desk or how long your lunches are. Or like, even if you have unlimited PTO, as we talked about, is that really unlimited PTO? No, it's not. So I wouldn't have had the freedom and I wouldn't have had the impact. I wouldn't be here on this podcast with you right now changing the lives of millions of women. I wouldn't be here at all. It had to happen. There is no coincidence. It had to happen. And it had to happen like that because I wasn't, I don't think I was capable of just letting go. I was just hanging on so tightly for some reason when I shouldn't have been. But I think that's what humans do. And I think me standing up for myself, knowing that making this particular chess move would not turn out well for me, I knew what I was doing and I did it. And it was just kind of that feeling like, we'll see what happens. But obviously, I had to bring on that firing for myself because I wasn't doing it on my own, basically. Do you see how that works? Kind of crazy. Like I knew I was doing it. I subconsciously knew I was going to get fired. There would be no other outcome because that's not how the chess game works. And I know it. I'm well-versed in the corporate chess game. I just knew. I knew what was going to happen. But I did it anyways. Why did I not just quit? I don't know. I guess in my head, if I had to like answer that, it would be I liked all that money appearing in my checking account every two weeks. And then it still gave me time to build my business on the side, which is good and which I had been doing. Like I said, I had like clients here and there. It was just not enough to make up for that income because I didn't this is not a podcast about entrepreneurship. You can go check out my clients online stuff um, if you want to learn more about this stuff. But like I didn't have 
a client attraction system in place where like I had leads coming in all day, every day and new people interested in working with me and what I was doing. So that's why my business wasn't taking off. But I, I think like I knew I needed that, but at the same time, I didn't even know where to start. So it was just kind of like one of those things that was out of sight, out of mind. But like in hindsight, I can tell you that was my problem and why my business wasn't taking off. My side business wasn't taking off. Oh my gosh. So I went and I did all that and my life changed. So unlimited PTO, when I saw that this morning, I just kind of laughed. I had to. Because somewhere out there, some person is thinking, oh, yay, unlimited PTO. No. The company knows, especially a company like Goldman Sachs. If you don't think they've done the numbers, you're fooling yourself. They know that people take off less when you have unlimited PTO. Because now it's not like you had, I think it said they had 15 days or something. It's not like they had 15 days, you use it, you lose it or whatever. Or like you quit and they have to pay you out. Now there's no specific amount of PTO owed to you. So when they quit, they don't have to do those payouts, which are thousands of dollars. And at the same time, people take less PTO because of the cultural pressure, the unsaid cultural pressure, the unspoken cultural pressure that's there, unless you're drinking the Kool-Aid and you think that it's not. So, I mean, this is Goldman Sachs. They're smart. Like, let's give them credit where credit is due, right? But for the employee, that's not good. It's just not. And, you know, sometimes you just have to get fired. (laughs) You just have to get fired. I think what happens is we just come up to like that energetic confrontation point. And if you could imagine my two fists like bumping into each other, like energetically, it's like, I don't know, like two positive magnets or something like hitting and then pushing away, like repelling, right? Um, that's what, like, that's what it is. And if you're feeling this in any, any area of your life, not work or your business or whatever, just anything could be even a relationship. If you're feeling like that and you catch yourself knowing that if you make this move, it is likely going to push you towards that direction. If you know that you're doing it, like this is where you can catch yourself And you could probably save yourself a lot of struggle and just do the thing. So for example, what I could have done is I knew I was going to tell her no. I I knew I was going to say like, hey, there's nothing I can do. I have to take my daughter to school at 730. And I knew I was going to stick to my guns on that one. So being that I knew she was going to fire me, I could have been the one that came out on top in the moment. I totally came out on top after. But like I could have come out on top in the moment and probably saved myself a lot of grief because confrontation, oh, I I hate confrontation. I don't like confrontation. So I could have saved myself a lot of energy depletion, stress, stomach ulcers, all the things if I would have just quit and said, okay, I quit. I'm just doing this. But like I kept hanging on to that last string, but I would say that that last string was so, so, so toxic that I do think it would have been better in me for the moment if I had just made 
the move and left, being that I was going to make the chest move anyways that would get me fired. I could have just saved that nasty little end chapter. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So in hindsight, if I could do it again, I think I would have saved myself that horrific ending. Very, very painful. And I would have just left and that was that. And I was just going to have to figure it out. And if that meant getting another job, I'd be totally fine because I was still committed to growing my business and like had peace with that or just doing the thing that I knew I needed to do in my business, which for me, again, this is not a business podcast, but like for me, I needed to put that client attraction system into place so I could like have people that wanted to buy my stuff basically. Um, So I could have gotten straight to work on that sooner. That's what I would have changed. I I don't think I would have done it the same way going back. But I have peace with that too. I accept that. And it's not like I can change the past. All I can do is I can look forward to the future. And here I am years and years and years later, I have built a very, very, very successful business and I impact the lives of millions of women. And I'm going to continue to do more and to do so in bigger and greater ways and in different ways and ways that light my soul up as I continue to evolve and grow over a lifetime and just really become the best, most fully expressed version of me. Because for me, that's the point of life, to become the best, most fully expressed version of yourself. What else do you need to do? Like that is the one thing we need to do in our life. And it's so cool because there's so many things that we can do under that umbrella. So if you're struggling with any of this or maybe this resonated with you, like my story is kind of your story or it makes you think of your story, that's all I want from this podcast. I want my story to become yours and I want you to reflect on it in a way where you see things from your life. So although I'm terrified to share this deep stuff every single week, tune in every Thursday if you want to see the new episode that's released, although I'm terrified, I'm just doing it anyways. And I want you all to know that I'm terrified. This is not easy for me. And I think there's an assumption there that, oh, she's used to it. This is easy. No, this is not easy. So you can do things that terrify you and you can do things that aren't easy because you have a desire to do so. That's all I have to say about that. (sighs) Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this episode, please leave me a review. You can leave a review on Apple, um, Apple, what do they call it now? Podcasts, whatever. Leave me a review on Apple, um, Spotify, you give stars. The other ones, I think you give stars and actually hit follow too. So then that way, the new episode every Thursday will automatically be there for you and you don't have to like remember it or come find it. So if you hit follow, that will make it really easy for you. Thank you for being here with me. I love you guys so much and I appreciate you. Yeah. That's how I feel after talking about that. I knew I would feel this way after talking about that, but that's okay. I've got this. I can handle this. That is in the past. And I am who I am now because of it. So maybe this will encourage you to tell your story too. 
Okay, guys. I love you so much. You can find me um, if you're interested in the business stuff, uh, the website clientsonlinesystem.com. You can find more information about what I do there. Um, Imperfect Woman, the website is going to have physical products soon, and I'm so excited about that. You have no idea. I am so excited about the products we're going to have with Imperfect Woman. Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at Mallory Tadimi, M-A-L-O-R-I-E-T-A-D-I-M-I. Also Instagram at Imperfect Woman HQ, as in like headquarters. I'm on Facebook, Mallory Tadimi. You can add me as a friend. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. I love you guys and we'll meet again next Thursday. Bye.